the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by Bet MGM. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week two on the show. We will run through our top five projected players at each fantasy position. We'll discuss the players who are especially high and low on uh, in our projections early in the week. Uh, and we will throw out a player prop for each position. Here to do it with me, one of the top fantasy football rankers and projectors in the game, one of the most accurate, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, happy week two. What's going on? Happy week two, man. I am still recovering um, from week one, uh, but overall had a good week. Uh, just an exciting, exciting week one. How how'd your week one go? Yeah, it went pretty well. Uh, nice to catch that under to end the week. You know, love me some primetime unders. I uh, hate to see my guy Rodgers uh, go down that early, man. I mean, so brutal. Jeez. I mean, New York was just, I mean, at least they got the win. They got the win, but that was, yeah. man, I was looking forward to at least seeing how this experiment would play out. And now we don't even get to see that. So such a bummer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but a uh, lot to talk about. A lot of surprises, a lot of interesting things happen uh, in week one. So we'll try to break it all down. Uh, let's start by going over our quarterback, our top five quarterbacks. Who you got for the week two? Um, so I got Jalen Hurts, um, Josh Wentz. I mean, Josh Allen. Oh, oh uh, Patrick Mahomes. What was that? Patrick Mahomes. That was actually, that was planned. That was planned. Okay, okay, um, okay Patrick okay. Mahomes. Jesus. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jesus. Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I got Josh Allen number one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to overreact. The Jets defense is amazing. <laughs> no, Jets yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. I'm not going to overreact. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> number two, though. Um, Patrick Mahomes, number three. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, we're pretty in, pretty much in lock stuff. Um, maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll put Hurts over Allen, but I don't know. Short week. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, so, I'm high on Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I loved him entering the season. Um, and, you know, he had a solid week one. He only threw for 220 yards and two touchdowns, but he didn't have to throw much since it was a blowout win. Um, and while the same might be true this week against the Rams, it's still a great matchup. Uh, and the Rams play a ton of zone, and McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle all thrive against zone. And, you know, week one, Brandon Ayuk looked like one of the best mm-hmm. receivers in the league. So the hype is real with him entering the season. Uh, plus, I had mentioned Purdy does have sneaky rushing upside. Uh, we didn't see much of it last year. But I was saying, you know, he could be like Patrick Mahomes and average 20 to 25 rush yards game if he wanted to. Um, and he had 20 last week against Pittsburgh, got a nice 17-yard scramble. So that's just nice upside that he has going forward potentially. Um, so, yeah, th- this week uh, he opens up as my QB 16, but I think he has a ton of upside uh, just based on the matchup against the Rams. So I think he's like a high-end uh qb2 option this week yeah oh he looked amazing like i was kind of saying this i was like he to me his floor was always jimmy garoppolo like i felt like he yeah. was like jimmy garoppolo <laughs> but like he didn't he didn't make me as nervous when play went off script uh and he could do everything jimmy could do so and he looked yeah he looked amazing um in week one so yeah I'm just totally unlike totally jimmy like jimmy if the play breaks down he's 
doesn't have the legs that Purdy nope. does. Like Purdy can skate pressure, move around, doesn't typically scramble as much uh, so far, uh, but he can extend the play, and that's going to be huge in this offense. Yeah, Jimmy's more like he'll just like hitch and still usually just throw the same pass yeah. he was going to throw. It's just yeah. be in a tighter window. So yeah, I, I really like what uh what Purdy was able to do. And I, you know, that Pittsburgh defense is no joke, especially on the road in right. Pittsburgh. So, you know, now going against this Rams D that I know Seahawks kind of had a meltdown against because their tackles got hurt, but yeah. Um, yeah, might be, uh, might be a tougher, tougher game for that Rams D this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. He's the quarterback 26. Uh, I think he's a startable QB two this week. I think he should be in the top 24. Uh, and that's because we know the way to beat Baker Mayfield, right? It's get pressure with four, uh, you know, and he's going to kind of crumble, but the Chicago Bears were 31st in pressure rate in week one against Jordan Love and company. Just 3.3% according to <laughs> pro football reference. Now, you know, sometimes they update their charting a little bit as, the as you know, it's Tuesday morning as we record this. But uh, either way, I didn't see Chicago get much pressure. So I'm pretty sure that number is fairly accurate. <laughs> uh, Jordan Love was one of the few quarterbacks last week who threw for three touchdowns. He completed 15 of 27 for 245. Uh, and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So I think this is another game where Baker Mayfield is going to be able to kind of sit back in the pocket and deliver to his two wide receivers, Evans and Godwin. And Tompkins looked good. Palmer caught a touchdown. So, you know, this Bucks offense, as long as they're healthy, they'll be all right. You know, they'll be a little undervalued, and but they just have no depth. You know, if Evans yeah. Godwin goes down, that's when you start worrying or in a, in a matchup where you expect a lot of pressure on Baker. But, you know, he looked good. He looked, he looked a lot of moxie, a lot of moxie from Baker. <laughs> a lot you know? of moxie. A lot of moxie getting those those first what's, downs. What's your rank from to open the week? Uh, I got him in the top 24. So uh, oh. I'm not sure where he's going to end up. But, yeah, de- he's 26 oh, okay. ECR. So I'm yeah. definitely going to have him like, 20, like 22, 23, I think. Um, okay, good. Yeah. I, I'm in good co- – I was kind of embarrassed he's my QB 20. But yeah, it, okay. I, it makes me feel better that you're high on him too. But, yeah. um, he, you know, the, the Bears defense, the, especially their secondary, looks rough. And, you know, Jordan Love, I did say he was probably going to be this year's Geno Smith. Still threw for three touchdowns without Christian Watson. And Romeo Dobbs was, hurt. you know, questionable. Yeah, little, so, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against them. Like, yes, yeah, so I don't like Baker, obviously, but this week he's absolutely in play. Yeah. And I mean, hey, we saw his rebirth uh, in that game against yeah, the Raiders. Right. So we, he didn't even know the knows, playbook. Right, right. If anyone should know that Baker – Baker Bakes, yeah. man, it's it's us. So, uh, yeah. By the way, that Baker. game, remember, I was screaming uh, to play Kyron uh, Williams a little bit oh, more. Oh boy, we got to wait, wait, wait! Oh, you're jumping the gun. You're jumping the gun. You got to run. Right, I'm just, just excited. We we finally have some data, some you know games to go um, off. I'm I'm yeah. hyped. Uh, can't make his friend not too excited. Um, okay, let's go. <laughs> quarter. Uh, who you who want? Who you want? Um, so I, I'm low on a couple of QBs this week. You know, Kenny Pickett first and foremost. Um, you know, it looks like that preseason hype didn't really carry over into week one. Um, to be fair, it was a, you know, brutal matchup against the Niners. He also lost Deontay Johnson during the game. Uh, Pat Frymuth also left the game early with an injury. Uh, but either way, it was not good for Pickett. Um, and this week, he won't have Deontay, and he might not have Frymuth, or, you know, Frymuth could be limited. And now he gets to face, you know, Brown's defense that held Joe Burrow to 82 passing yards. In week one, I mean, they, they look scary good with, you know, Jim Schwartz using Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith in creative ways. So, you know, fading Pickett all the way this week. Uh, and then Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, he had a great <laughs> game. 
last week without Cooper Cup, but, you know, he threw for 334 yards against the Seahawks defense. You know, and they looked like one of the worst in the league. They're they're definitely a defense we want to attack in fantasy going forward. Um, He's going to have a much tougher matchup this week against the Niners. Um, So I'd be careful, you know, trusting Stafford in two QB super flex formats. Based on last week, he he opens this week as my QB thirty, so I'm I'm very very low on him this week. No, oh, yeah, it makes sense. That Niners D is is nothing to play with, uh, as we saw with Pickett last week. Uh, I am low on Tua Tagovailoa, uh, and this mm. is just based on ECR. You know, he's the QB ten, and I get it. You know, he balled out through for you know nearly five hundred yards, and we've seen this from Tua before to start the year, uh, but. I've, I still have respect for New England's defense. Uh, you know, I thought they played a pretty good game uh, against Jalen Hurts, you know, held him to 170 passing yards on 33 attempts and 37 rushing yards on nine attempts. And you know, we was able to stay in that game, you know, even with Philly come, jumping out to the big lead, uh, that, that Patriot defense was able to kind of hold him in, hold him in that game. So I don't think this is going to be the same kind of matchup. It's a divisional game. I, I just think we're going to see a little bit of a, a, a reversion to the mean this mm-hmm. week for Tua, so 10 is, is a bit high for me. I, I would still rather stream, you know, guys like like uh, uh, Daniel Jones and and uh, Purdy and guys like that over, mm-hmm. over Tua this week. Um, yeah, that, that game could have some weather that, that hurricanes yeah. out there. It might might hit like Sunday or something. No, it won't be a hurricane by then, but that game could have weather, which is one way to slow down this uh, Dolphins offense. Speaking of which, uh, let's go right to the prop. We split one one last week, uh, so oh, nice. as uh, you know, for the listeners who have uh, listened before, you know we uh, we kind of alternate positions every week, two props uh, each. So I'll go to a tongue of Iowa. Let's just stay Ooh. right with it. Passing yards, he threw for nearly five hundred last week. Uh, this is a totally different defense. Uh, I yeah. am going to set the over under for his pass yards at two sixty nine and a half. Oh my god! I should have wrote down a piece of paper. Uh, I had two sixty-seven and a half as my line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means uh, d- that means I have to go under then, because mm-hmm. I'm a yard and a half or two yards uh, below you. Um, I like that line. Then I'm, I'm in the right. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. And like I said, there, there there could be some weather involved, so they might have to lean on the run a bit more. Uh, but that that is a great line. I'm going to lean under here for sure. All right. Running back, top five. Uh, so I got Chris McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, and Austin Eckler, who, you know, he looks iffy with the ankle injury. So uh, I have him in there right now uh, as my RB5. Uh, I got uh, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon, Nick Chubb, and, yeah, Eckler for now is the five. Uh, Pollard would be right behind him, though, if, nice. if Eckler sits. Um, but I, I thought Henry looked really good against a, a tough uh, Saints defense. Yeah, last uh, week. Tajay nice. Spears uh, led the backfield in snaps, though, um, which is yeah, interesting. But, like, if you watch that game, like, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was just like, all right, Henry's our guy, and it, it was just that Henry was ripping off such huge runs and screens and stuff <laughs> that he had to come out of the game for yeah, breathing. Yeah. But yeah, like, right. I, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get another twenty touches. This yeah, week, especially because he's getting more involved in the in a screen game. Uh, okay, who are you hiring? Uh, so I'm I'm actually high on James Conner this week uh, against the Giants. He's he's my RB 13 to begin the week. ECR has him RB 25. Um, you know Conner had a pretty ho hum week one, but if if you look at the underlying usage, it, it was great. Um, the Cards uh, st- stuck true with the uh, potential run heavy offense and were 
third highest in rush rate over expected week one. Um, so Connor could see 15 to 20 rush attempts uh, mm-hmm. and more neutral game scripts, which we could see this week. You know, they're only four point dogs against the Giants. Uh, plus, he had a 76% routes run rate, which is a bit higher than I expected. You know, I thought he'd be around the 50% range. Uh, so he managed to catch five passes on that. Um, so, you know, he's going to be game script proof going forward either way with this kind of usage. And this week, it's a great matchup. You know, the Giants ranked dead last in DVOA against the Rush last year, 27th to start the year. So uh, I think Connor is a high-end RB2 this week uh, and very encouraging usage in week one. Um, And the other guy I think is a little bit under the radar right now is Javante Williams. Um, He's at home against Commanders, which isn't, you know, a great matchup, but he's my RB15 compared Mm. to the ECR of RB27. Um, and you know, he handled most of the early down work, uh, with P Ryan handling most of the third down work. Uh, so Javante, it was kind of discouraging to see he only ran around on 32% of Russ's dropbacks, but he saw a massive 41% target share on those routes. So, uh, it's clear he's going to get checkdowns when he's in the game. So he could still average around three catches a game with that kind of usage. Um, and he saw nearly 60% of the rush attempts, so he could thrive. In a, in a leading game script, which could happen this week. You know, the Broncos are three and a half point home favorites. And, you know, Javante is coming back from the ACL uh, tear. So his role could grow going forward. So I, I consider him more of a mid-range RB2 option this week and kind of a sneaky play just based on his week one usage. Interesting. Yeah, I was a little worried about him. I'm not going to lie. Because I, I, he only played 29 of the 64 snaps. I mean, I know some of that was due to the the game script. But, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think you were going to be that high. That's interesting. Um, for me, it's, it's Justice Hill. Uh, he's the RB 48 in ECR. And I think Justice Hill is going to be the running back to own with Dobbins out in this backfield. I remember in the off season, uh, after Edwards played behind Hill in one of the preseason games, people were like, you know, is Edwards roster spot in jeopardy? And the beat writers were saying, it's not really that it's that Justice Hill is the direct backup for Dobbins. Um, you know, more of a speed back that could do more in the passing game. So, and you kind of saw that where, you know, you would think Gus would get all of the, those kind of goal line carries and things like that. But Justice Hill was kind of in the game in the spots you would see Dobbins in normally last week. So uh, he outsnapped uh, Edwards by four snaps, uh, 19-15. So mm-hmm. uh, I think, especially because ECR is rating Edwards like RB33 and Hill is RB48. Uh, I think, you know, those should be a lot closer together, but I'd actually have Hill on top I think Hill is more likely to provide startable value especially because Hill is the guy in the passing game you know mm-hmm. it looks like uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to get as many design runs so they are going to be passing a little more um, obviously you have you know Zay Flowers breaking out but Edwards you don't really expect him to do anything in the past game if anyone's going to do something uh, in that area I think it's going to be justice so um, I'm, I'm high on him I think he should be uh, more he should be in that top 30 uh, 35 36 running backs yeah, for sure. I thought he was actually going to be overrated just based on the two touchdowns, but it looks like initially ECR is way too low on him. Maybe because he didn't have a catch, but you know, going yeah. forward could easily average over two catches a game just based on his usage. And he's been having a really good camp. Like he just looked. Yeah, if you watch that yeah. game, he looked good. You know, it's one of those guys early in the year. There's always some of those guys that they just look <laughs> better than we we remember. Yeah, and, uh, Justice Hill is definitely, I would say, one of those guys in week one. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Isaiah Pacheco. Um, he's my RB25 to open the week. ECR has him RB19. Um, and, you know, Clyde Ed- Edwards-Hilaire got the sort of the nominal start last yeah. week. But um, after that, we saw about what I expected from 
the Chiefs running back rotation. Um, I, I just think the Chiefs are going to limit Pacheco early on because he is still coming back from his off-season shoulder surgery. So he didn't get too much reps in camp or, you know, he didn't play in the – he got one snap in the preseason. Um, he was able to salvage a little bit with four receptions, but I don't think we can count on that going forward, especially with, you know, Kelsey potentially coming back. Um, and he just wasn't able to rack up a ton of carries late because, you know, it was a close game. They were, you know, trailing too. So could have a similar situation this week against the Jaguars. So I just see him as a high-end RB3 flex as opposed to ECR treating him as like a mid-range RB2 option. I think going forward, maybe starting next week, he'll certainly be in the RB2 discussion. But um, this week, you know, on the road against Jacksonville, it's not really set up uh, for a Procheco game. Yeah, I feel you. Um, he he definitely looked the best once again. As oh, he yeah. Usually does. yeah. <laughs> um, Without a doubt. He's the best back in the backfield. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that that Chiefs game, they they need they get they need some Kelsey back and they need it quick. But I, yes. I, yeah, I think Pacheco <laughs> will be kind of still that feature back. I don't know what's going on with Edwards. I, I noticed that, too. It was like they started the game and they tried to work him in, but he just wasn't really productive. So, yeah. Um, yeah, not, not a great uh, start for that back foot out. Really sick to remain committee. Um, okay. Uh, for me, uh, I'm a couple guys, Cam Akers, first of all, he's the RB 35. He got out snapped by Kyron Williams, 26 to four in the first half. So McVeigh is at it again. McVeigh is at it again <laughs> with, with this, uh, you know, just essentially benching Akers to start the season, but worse than that, Akers is at it again, 22 carries for 29 yards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, like, you know, this, this, this is this could go down as one of the biggest busts of the year. Um, you know, it doesn't look like it because he got the twenty-two carries, but man, uh, this this doesn't look good once again because you know Williams is a better player in the pass game, and if Acres is back to you know averaging one and a half yards a carry, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing here. You know, four snaps in the first half. I don't know what we're doing here. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you start him this week. I think you have to kind of give him like a wait and see week now because uh, with a more normal game script, uh, it could get real ugly for Acres. And the other guy is uh, Damian Harris, uh, another guy that I was kind of down on heading into the year because I didn't, I wasn't really convinced that he was going to be this, you know big like Devin Singletary type compliment to James Cook and I mm. you know I didn't even know if he was going to play ahead of Murray and lo and behold Murray outsnapped Harris 16 to 9 in the Monday night game so you know Harris still is in that top 50 he's the RB48 uh, in ECR so you know deeper leagues people still kind of considering him in their flex and stuff uh you can't I don't think you can this week you gotta nah. he's just he, another guy that probably might just be a bust might just be useless uh unless there's an injury yeah, yeah, he's essentially the Zach Moss role. I don't think we've ever recommended Zach Moss on the Bills. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, when they play the Dolphins <laughs> and they're favored by, like, 10. I oh, think yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's know, true. Have, like, a super positive game script. <laughs> um, but, but that was when they were only, like, ha- having two backs active. Like, Murray yeah. is essentially Zach Moss in, re- in reality. Um, yep. So, yeah, not looking good. All right, what do you got for the props? Uh, let's see. For the prop, uh, I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs. Total yards, so rushing plus receiving yards. Very interesting usage Yep, week one for the Lions. Uh, feeling good about my Montgomery shares. I'm sure you're feeling good about his lead the league in touchdowns bet. Oh, yeah. Um, but they face the Seahawks, so this would be a good time to unleash Gibbs. Curious where you have it, but my initial line is I'm going to go with 65 and a half total yards. Total rushing receiving? Uh, yep. Uh, 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 um. 
I'm going to go under. Uh, I still, you know, that Seahawks, if the one thing they did do was uh, you know, hold Cam Akers in check, yeah. and they do have Bobby Wagner. So, I, I you know, they said they're going to increase Gibbs' usage uh, as the season goes on gradually. So I do expect more. But And he looked great. But at the same time, you know, I don't know if we can project them for more than, you know, 12, 13 touches. So, you know, that's probably what he needs to yeah. get over that, that number. So, yeah, I, I'm in line with it. But uh, I think a little bit below it. So I'll go under. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view on all of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Wide receiver, top five, who you got? So I'm going with uh, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown, and as always, Stephon Diggs is my wide receiver five. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Always a, he had a good game. He finishes the yeah. wide receiver, I think, number five receiver last week. Yeah. Officially. That, no, he had a, he's the only Bill <laughs> like, passing game member that really had a yeah. good, good game. Uh, yeah, I got. I still got Justin Jefferson first. I mean, he was squeaky wheel. Um, Jamar Chase, number two. Uh, that Baltimore secondary is banged up. Tyreek, number three. You know, kind of, kind of staying with the season-long rankings here. Um, <laughs> you know, not going to overreact too much to week one. We've seen Tyreek go off against the Chargers before. Uh, Stephon Diggs, number four. So, got him, got him up a little bit. I was impressed. Yeah, going off against the Jets moves you up a little bit <laughs> yeah. in high ranks. And then uh, number five, uh, I got to go with Calvin Ridley, man. I mean, this, oh, yeah. yes. who looks better than Calvin Woo! Ridley in week one? Like, who looks better than Calvin Ridley? Out, you know, outside of Tyreek. I'll give it to yeah. But, like, who <laughs> Uh, Calvin Ridley is just a monster. So as much as I oh. love Amonra, I mean, Jesus, and just in in a potential shootout against the, the Chiefs, uh, yeah, sign me up for some, oh, some Ridley. Love the spicy top five yeah. ring. It's been what two years since we were able to mm-hmm. get him there. Oh man, yeah, yep, yeah. He, he's he's destined to be in my top five soon. Uh, all right, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on Debo this week. Um, he opens as my wide receiver eleven. Uh, ECR is wide receiver 21. You know, he had a fairly quiet week one, uh, but the Niners, they're going to play musical chairs for who goes off and who has more of a mediocre game. Uh, But this could be a big Debo week against the Rams that play a ton of zone. Uh, He actually ran a route on all of Brock Purdy's dropbacks last week. So he had a 100% route participation rate. So I I just view him more as a, you know, high-end wide receiver two this week, potential low-end wide receiver one option. So he could have a big game here. Um, and then going to have to go with Michael Thomas. Um, you know, he's my wide receiver 28 this week. ECR still a little bit too low on him. Wide receiver 35. He looked great in week one. Yes. Caught five balls for 61 yards. Uh, I was saying it felt like, you know, going into the season, hundred percent health. Michael Thomas wasn't getting enough hype. I set my prop for you way too low. I was very yeah. bummed about that. Uh, but he ran a route 92% of Carr and Taysom Hill dropbacks combined. Uh, and the matchup against the Panthers probably gets a bit easier with J.C. Horn looking like he's going to miss a, a few games here. So, you know, Michael Thomas is a solid wide receiver three option, potentially, you know, wide receiver two upside as long as he could stay healthy. So uh, love him this week uh, against the Panthers. 
Yeah, I thought all three Saints receivers looked really good, actually. Olave, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shahid was making plays. Yep. And uh, Thomas, you know, he had the hot start, but then, you know, Olave and Shahid kind of woke up. Uh, but yeah, those the Saints receivers look good. Let's see if Derek, let's see what Derek Carr can do with it uh, going <laughs> forward. Um, yeah. I am high on Mike Evans. Uh, he's uh, the wide receiver 25 at ECR. I think he should be closer to the top 20. Uh, he ran around 95% of Ma- Baker Mayfield's dropbacks, was targeted on a quarter of his routes had six for 66 and a touch on nine targets, but he could have had a second touchdown. He dropped a pass where he was kind of slanting toward the end zone and probably mm. runs right into the end zone. So could have had an even bigger game. Uh, and this Chicago defense, you know, Romeo Dobbs, their number one receiver got, got two scores and he only played about two thirds of the snaps in that game. So I, I think Evans is in for uh, another big game. And then Zay Jones, wide receiver 49, uh, the market continues to be too low on him. Uh, I <laughs> no think kidding. This guy's closer to a, a top 36 wide receiver. He ran around a 94% of Lawrence's dropbacks, five catches, 55 and a touch on seven targets. And the big thing is Christian Kirk was in on only 64% of the route. So this is something you've been talking about all summer that mm-hmm. they were kind of relegating Kirk to more of the true slot role. And Kirk did have a bad game, just uh, one catch, but it's more the routes that are, cons- you know, 94 to 64 you know, Jones is the guy we should be thinking of Kirk as, and Kirk is the guy we should yeah, be ranked exactly. Jones is. So you know, <laughs> Kirk is, I think, still like the 30, wide receiver 30 in ECR. Uh, so I think those guys should flip-flop. So, uh, yeah, like like me some Zay Jones. Nice. I'm right there with you. Where, where do you have him ranked again? I have him wide receiver 38 right now. Yeah, I'm uh, about 37. So, yeah. But I, he might even go higher once I kind of clean things up. Yeah, because so. this should be a shootout. So if, mm-hmm. if there's ever a week to play Zay Jones, it'd be this week. Yeah, I mean, it might be every week looking. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The way the, the usage <laughs> definitely, is Definitely down. in DFS, for sure in DFS. Who who are you low on at wide receiver for week two? Um, so I'm I'm low on Sky Moore. Um, <laughs> you know, it goes without saying. Uh, he, but he's my wide receiver 55. ECR is still, you know, wide receiver 42. And Kadarius Tony got all the attention with the, the horrific drops. Uh, you, you called that going into the season with him being a potential bust. Uh, but at least he was seeing targets. You know, uh, Skyport ran a route on 65% of Mahomes' dropbacks. was a little bit lower than I thought it'd be. Uh, and, and he wasn't getting targets either. You know, he was only targeted on 10% of those routes. Um, and it's going to be even tougher to command targets uh, if Travis Kelsey returns this week. So uh, I am way, way lower than ECR uh, on Skymore this week. And I hate to say this, but I think, you know, Jordan Addison um, is a guy that I think we need to leave on our benches. You know, uh, last week he uh, was able to put up four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. But that was just based on talent alone. Like like I said, he was my favorite rookie wide receiver in this class. But the, the underlying data wasn't ideal. You had mentioned it. Um, last week where, you know, he's still behind KJ Osborne. Yeah. Uh, so he only ran around 65% of the uh, dropbacks. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough for him to, to leapfrog Osborne this week. I think it's going to happen soon, but not this week when it's a short week. So I think we'll continue to see Osborne, you know, over a 90% routes run with Addison in the 60 to 70% range. Um, so I would hold off for now. Uh, plus it's a tougher matchup against the Eagles. So uh, he's still, you know, in the wide receiver 45 range for me where ECR has him closer to the mid thirties. Um, I think we could trust Addison, uh, maybe by week three or four, but just not this week. I- I'm still holding off on him. 
Yeah, and the touchdown did come on a busted coverage. Like, yeah. uh, he he just ran straight up the <laughs> up the field. But no, I mean, he looked good. Like, there's, I mean, Cousins was really the one that uh, I mean, he, he did not look great. Um, there were times where I thought he missed Addison on progressions, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you know, I mean, there could be some value there. I think if Minnesota has to pass a lot in a in a trailing game script against Philly, I think that's when you know you're going to see more Addison. But um, it's kind of a toss up because, like you said, it's a short week, so he probably doesn't leapfrog KJ uh, this yeah. week. Uh, and yeah, for the Chiefs, um, I, you know, I, I'm low on Tony as well. He's the wide receiver 52. I don't even think he should be there. I mean, like, yes, he got five targets, but he only ran a route on 11 of the 48 pass snaps, 23%. So they were scheming up some targets for him. But I mean, if he saw a 23% uh, route chair last week and, and had five targets, I mean, what's likely to happen this week after that bad week? Probably fewer snaps. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's – I mean, this is something I, I think we talked about this going into the season. Like, this Chiefs receiving core is probably going to be a rotation where everyone – you know, the top guy is not going to average more than, like, 65 75% of routes run. And, and that's kind of what we're going towards. You know, Rasheed Rice looked better than Tony and more, so he could start yeah. to, to earn more playing time. You know, Richie James didn't do much, but yeah, we know he's been having a good camp, and Watson looked good. So, um, you still have Justin Ross, uh, you know, so there's – I, I I would not you know buy on these top Chiefs receivers in, in ECR. I just buy low. You know, really, you can't do anything. I would just not play them. Um, you can't <laughs> you can't really start Rice or anything like that yet if mm-hmm. you have him. But yeah, I would not start Tony. I would not start Sky Moore. Uh, and then the other guy I'm low on is Christian Kirk. Again, I don't think he should mm. be in the top thirty. I think he should be right around Zay Jones. You know, right right closer to the forties because he only ran around on sixty four percent of the drop and. For for context, Ridley was at 97%. Zay Jones was at 94%. Evan Ingram was at 86%. And ETN was at 83%. So, like, mm. all of these guys are talented players that they were, you know, they felt they wanted to put on the field in on passing situations more than uh, Christian Kirk. And, you know, ETN is, I think, a surprise. You know, he was he was out there when it counted. If, and so, like, that, the fact that ETN could get that high of a snap rate in the past game and, and mm-hmm. Kirk was the one kind of taking the back seat. Uh that doesn't bode quite well. You know, it'll probably they'll probably look to get him going after he caught only one ball. So probably get some design plays early in the game. But overall, when you're talking about two thirds of the routes, um, that's a big drop off from last year when he was playing pretty much every snap. So uh yeah, got gotta be low on him this week. Uh okay, for the prop, right, we gotta go with Drake London. <laughs> oh had, god posted a a goose egg in week one, but it was a win. And this has been kind of what the Falcons do. You know, somebody always, you know, they run so much that somebody in the passing game is Mm -hmm. always AWOL. So now you have a matchup against Green Bay in week two. I am going to set his receiving yardage line at 43 and a half. (laughs) I have it at 43. Uh, I'm going to go under. Okay. I think his median's lower. Um but yeah, I kudos to you for even attempting to set a line on Drake London. But um that that's a good line. Uh not encouraging with the the five percent target rate. Um <laughs> and like you said, it could go back the other way hard this week. Um so yeah, that's that's a Tough. good line. Uh I thought I thought you were gonna go with either Drake London or T. Higgins. I mean, but T. Higgins I'm just less concerned about. Like we like right. come on, like we were True. all what it was Darren Ravel was making fun of us because it, it was like what 12 people in action on the Browns like we all saw that coming yeah like every every year Joe Burrow starts slow 
Uh, he can't deal with the Browns pressure, especially in Cleveland. So like, you know, disappointing for sure, but I'm less alarmed. Uh, right, right. Like he, he the saw, Falcons, yes. Yeah, he, he saw like a, what, 60% air yard target share or something with zero mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, uh, eight targets. Yeah. I think he just didn't catch any. No, so, yeah, no. he saw eight targets. And yeah, yeah like. Drake went to saw one. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. a little more concerning. Completely different situation, <laughs> yeah. exactly. The NFL is back, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Tight end, top five. Um, So I I have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, and Mark Andrews. Yeah, this is what a what a shit show. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid to even rank anyone because they'll yeah, all be exactly. hurt. Like, you say their name and they turn to dust. But uh, yeah, I got I, again. It's kind of mirrors my season long rankings for now, just because so much so much is going on. But I got Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Hawkinson, and, and Kittle. Um, and you know, Waller, I'm still the Giants. You know, they just couldn't block. The Cowboys, which I think a lot of teams are going to struggle with blocking yeah. the Cowboys here. So I'm not cons- super concerned about Waller. Um, if Andrews is healthy, uh, I still like a pass heavier Ravens attack with him in it. Um, Hawkinson, short week, but uh, you know, still I think they're going to have to lean on him. And then Kittle, Kittle's the guy like I'm a little worried about just because they have so many weapons that you mm-hmm. know, week to week I don't know if they're going to need uh, Kittle to put up big numbers. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it, this is this is fluid. So be sure uh, to check our rankings he- at ActionNetwork.com. Yeah, with all the injuries that like we didn't have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and then I mean Tyler Higby had a good game, but I know you and I were expecting more. I'm sure anybody playing him was just expecting more. And then Isaiah likely got his spot start no. and did nothing with nothing. it. Just a brutal week at tight end. So hopefully we get some more normalcy uh, there this week. 
It's a shit show, but at least it's an even shit show. It's not like it's not like Kel- it's like the guy who has Kelsey is just <laughs> running away. Yeah. Before. It's like everyone's everyone's fucked. Yeah, and uh, Waller uh, Waller didn't do much either. Like uh, yeah, because that whole they just game was block. a shit they show. They just couldn't block. Yeah, they just could not block. Uh, <laughs> good call on you for the under. Uh, almost, I mean, Dallas almost beat it single handedly, but uh, I know, you know, it was <laughs> it was tilting having those like weird plays. Uh, yeah. you know, make it such a high scoring game, but uh, in the end, it, the the correct side still won, in my opinion. Oh yeah, Dow. I, I mean, I was you were you were the one going under Dallas win totals. I was like, this team is gonna be. I oh, think Dallas is gonna be. It might be the best team in the league the, this year. The season is still young, but <laughs> out of all my season win totals, that one is definitely looking the worst. Uh, I had both the under on Dallas and the Giants. Okay, um, I was hoping that game would turn into a tie, but I'll, I'll take that. I'll take uh, if Dallas is my one loser, so be it. Uh, and yeah, you know, looking regard- good. Regarding Waller, he had, you know, again, because you mm. have to put these into context with how the Giants struggles to block the Cowboys' mm-hmm. pass rush, uh, he had 35% of Daniel Jones' passing yard. So I think that's what we all want want, yep. want to see from him. So yep. uh, against Arizona, not not quite as hard of a matchup. <laughs> uh, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm actually going with our boy Chig Aquanco here um, at home against the Chargers. He, he's still my tight end 14. I still have him as a high end tight end too, um, despite – failing to catch a single pass um, in week one, but the, the underlying usage was at least encouraging. You know, he ran around on 75% of Tannehill's dropbacks. That's what we were hoping for. Um, unfortunately, Tannehill was just awful, just completely awful. Um, he even missed Chig when he was wide open. Yep. Uh, instead, he threw it to, I think it was Chris Moore, because his favorite target of the day, uh, Nick Westbrook, Westbrook oh, was, yeah, and was, so, under too, so not not um, doing that. So so he chucked it up to Chris Moore, double covered, you know, threw a pick, but Chig was wide open. Hopefully, you know, they'll see that on film. So um, I, I think Chig is a good bylo candidate because what we were hoping for was there, you know, the playing time. Uh, but mm-hmm. he does need Tannehill to get his shit together. Uh, but I still think Chig can can provide us, uh, you know, high end tight end two value going forward. Yeah, absolutely. No, Tannehill just overthrew him on a touchdown. Like, he was wide open. Uh, so, it, it uh, you know. It, that was intended under- for Chig, you think? Yeah, yeah. No, there's one play. I know you're talking. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of plays. Uh, where, like, yeah. He only had two targets. One of them was a touchdown. Um, yeah. And then, and then yeah, there's another one where I, I think he just went. It, it, yeah. It was, it was bad. Uh. Um, uh, for me, it's Luke Musgrave. He's a tight end 18. Uh, I think he might be a top 12 tight end this week. He ran around at 80% <laughs> of the dropbacks. And Atlanta uh, allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends in week one. Uh, eight targets, six catches, 43 and a touch uh, to Hayden Hurst and company. So, you know, there's not many tight ends run, running around at 80% of the uh, snaps. So uh, this guy Musgrave, I know, you know, with Watson back, maybe a little less production, but uh, I thought it was very promising, you know, what uh, what Musgrave was able to do in week one especially as a rookie tight end you know you don't usually see that but he caught you know three balls yep. for 50 yards we, we talked about that expect him to have some some catches down the field he, and uh or make some big plays and he had a 37 yarder so um yeah like like me some musgrave uh guy that uh people people should get familiar with because in this ugly tight end landscape yeah uh, he might he might be one of the more valuable guys this year yeah, it's, it's the year of the rookie tight end. I think, you know, Laporta, Kincaid, yeah. and Musgrave all look great. Yes. Um, and usually we can't rely on rookie tight ends in year, you know, year one, but all three look really good. And with tight end being such a disaster this year, they're going to be pretty valuable by the end of the season. Yeah. Well, you know, one, two personnel has become the most efficient 
personnel to throw mm. out of. And so I think a lot of these teams now are, are kind of using their draft picks to draft these tight ends that, you know, they're, they're not, they're not being asked to necessarily be like these big, these great blockers right away. It's more to just kind of put that stress on the defense and base. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you come out in with three linebackers, then these tight ends can roast you. But if you come out with uh nickel, then you can get run on. So um, I think you're going to continue to kind of see that trend, like these rookie tight ends being more productive early in their careers. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Jake Ferguson. Uh, he's my tight end 27. Uh, ECR still has him pretty high at tight end 17. And I have conflicting thoughts about mm-hmm. Ferguson's week one performance. Um, you know, his routes run rate was lower than expected at 56%. Uh, the blowout may have something to do with that. Uh, but he saw a target on 43% of his routes. Yeah. I mean, we were saying that it, this is like just whoever ends up being the lead tight end has potential, you know, the Dalton Schultz role, as we keep calling it. Uh, but he had three bad drops. Yep. And drop rate isn't that sticky. So I, that's something I would overlook. But he's not a lot to maintain this lead role. So the drops right. could impact his playing time, his target rate. Um, so it's not good. So this could devolve back into a three-way committee musical chair situation. So I'm going to hold off on Ferguson uh, in, in week two. And th- this is something we have to monitor because Dak does like to target his tight end. So someone could emerge. It still might be Ferguson, but we have, we definitely have to pump the brakes after week one. Um, so yeah, he, he's out of the tight end picture for me for now, but this is definitely something that we need to monitor. Yeah. Yeah. If one of those drops, yeah, came in the red zone, it might've been inside the 10 even. So yeah, it was, uh, it was rough, but yeah, it's kind of up in the air, just a wait and see. Um, for me, it's Gerald Everett. Uh, you know, he is a guy who is looking like he's losing that grip on the starting row a little bit. He ran a route on 52% of Justin Herbert's dropbacks. Donald Parham was right behind at 43%. Last year, Everett was closer, you know, uh, 60%. Uh, 60 65 percent most weeks so this is a, a bit of a downgrade in playing time and parham did catch a touchdown and looked pretty good out there and he's always been a talented guy who hasn't always been able to stay healthy so uh everett could be kind of going back into that committee role that we saw him with for years with the los angeles rams so uh, i do love the Chargers passing game on a week-to-week basis but they have so many options mike williams wasn't actually yeah. hurt you still gotta acclimate quentin johnson um, so if you're, if Pariam's now nipping at the buds here, I, I don't think this is, I, I don't think Everett should be anywhere near their startable conversation. He's tight end 15, but, uh, probably going to be outside the top 20, um, most weeks if he's getting this kind of usage. And Tennessee was, uh, pretty stingy, sick, 36 yards on six targets to Saints tight ends. You know, the Saints love to use tight ends. So, uh, <laughs> this, that was not, not promising either. So Everett for me. Yeah, I was definitely uh, discouraged by week one. And I had a I had a heater of a GPP team. I had like a Tua Tyreek stack mm. with like Trey Palmer at two, like 0.2%. And I just needed Everett to have a good game. Uh, and he went two for 21. Really bummed me out. But yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, not a good start for uh, Gerald Everett in terms of underlying usage. All right, what do you got for prop? Oh, man. So I was going to go with Kyle Pitts. But since you went with Drake London, let's get away from the Falcons passing offense. Let's go with a guy we've been bagging on, uh, and he did have a bad week one, um, but Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. Um, his underlying usage was interesting. Good. You know, he, he ran around on, what, 91% of Stroud's dropbacks. Um, didn't see many targets, but uh, curious where you have him, because I think he is sort of in that streaming discussion this week. 
Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna set his line at I'm gonna go with 32 and a half receiving yards mm-hmm. at home against the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go under. Um, I think that's a really good line, but uh, I have I think that's like the average. So I think the median would be a little lower uh, mm. for me. Um, 33 would be the average projection. So yeah, I'm gonna go under. Just you know, the the Texans are working in a lot of different receivers. They had you know Robert Woods had a pretty good game. Nico mm-hmm. Collins had a pretty good game. Uh, you know, Dell played. Nova Brown still down. So it was kind of discouraging that CJ Stroud wasn't really looking for Schultz yeah. much at all. Um in that game. So yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta still fade him. Cause we, you know, I like the usage, but we don't really like, uh, Tegan Catoriano, Quentin Tarantino actually had <laughs> yeah, my boy. 11 yards to, to Schultz's yeah. four, despite Schultz getting four <laughs> targets. So yeah, I, yeah. Just a wait and see. He's, he should be, he's probably should be a little higher than his ECRs, like tight end 19, probably closer to top 15, but also still kind of a wait and see, uh, for me this week. Where, where do you have uh Schultz rank though? Just cause that whole, like, tier of tight ends has been shuffled around he's a he's my tight end 13 so yeah curious. i think he's i think he's like uh i think i'm 15 but yeah, oh he's, okay yeah he's right in that like he should be higher than ecr is like 19 uh because 86 percent routes that's hard that, to do I, it's just the, the targets per route is not it ideal. was strauss fall i think i had um schultz under three and a half reception so i was, I was sweating that final drive and uh there was a couple of plays where stroud had him wide open and he just ignored him so Maybe they're going to watch the film and be like, you know, you should probably target Schultz a little bit more. Yeah, uh, we maybe. are paying him. But yeah, no, it's just one of those bizarre week one lines where some of the underlying usage was great and some of it was horrible. So just, you know, one of those things we need to figure out which direction to go with this guy. Yeah, tight end. It's good. not going to every year. It's just like, oh, it's, <laughs> man. It's just a shit show, but uh, that is going to do it for our week two NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. For even more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out our full fantasy preview episode, which is out now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel. If you're into betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky. Got got off to a winning start with the six pack last week. and uh, that's right here on the Action Network podcast channel. Also, be sure to check out uh, the Favorites contest. Uh, pretty great contest we got going on on the Favorites podcast. ActionNetwork.com. All of our NFL fantasy and betting content. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we are at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.